on, Scott? Okay, good. Awesome. I got some uh, bulletin board, or what do they call them, uh, clipboards here. And Jake, would you help me with these clipboards? Yeah. All right. So I got one here for family camp jobs and one here for family camp uh, refreshments and goodies on Friday night. So we'll just pass them around together. So you start whatever side you want to start, and that would be great. Let's see. Oh, also, too, please raise your hand if you have not yet gotten a calendar. I'll need you to have that in front of you as we talk this morning because there's several things coming up. Raise your hand if you don't have a, a calendar. Raise your hand real high for those who don't have a calendar because we're going to go through this. There's a couple things really important that uh, there's some over here on this side. There you go. Cool. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. Very good. <laughs> over, they've got some folks over here as well. Very good. Nice, nice Seahawks shirt you got on there. Good, good brother. I appreciate that. So the 12th man in the audience. This is good. All right. So uh, the reason I reason I'm doing this is that I want to make sure that we're ready for Oregon Family Camp. We got lots of families, preachers, and families, and uh, members of the body of Christ from around the country coming, and we want to make sure that we got it all covered. Uh, next Sunday, right after, notice on this little calendar here, next Sunday, right after assembly, we're going to do a little bit of cleaning around the, the place. Uh, remember I told you how it's all kind of slimy green around the handle there? That's one of those things that I think we need to get taken care of. But there's a whole bunch, and I'll have a big, long list. How many of you like for me to send that list to you before Sunday morning, so you know what you're getting yourself into. Anybody want me to do that? One? Okay, I'm going to send it to you, okay? Tiny, you need a list. That's, that's You need a list. So I will do that. So that's good. Uh, so notice that also, too, college age, of course, is ongoing as well as, I didn't put it on here. I feel terrible. Lady studies. I thought this was such a beautiful calendar, and I just, wow. Lady studies on Thursday night. Talk with Melissa. If you're confused, she'll get you straightened out. And uh, also to family fellowship dinner Wednesday night on the 15th as well. So this week's pretty smooth sailing, everything like normal. But the following week, we got lots of stuff going on. I think the time for Sunday and Wednesday evening was not bad. We got right at 6.30 now. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. I mean, this was so perfect, and now it's not. <laughs> 6.30 Wednesday night, 6.30 Sunday night. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay, so... Any other corrections on this thing before we move on? But next Sunday afterwards, if you can stay, we'll have some good time. We'll have some good eats. We'll have a little bit of food here, potluck style, and then we'll get to work. Hearing any? No more? All right, here we go. We got some announcements. An announcement here is that uh, Mrs. Drillinger, the young Mrs. Drillinger, is another amazing year better not older, better. Well, it says Julie Drillinger right here. That's just, are you Julie Drillinger? Were you born on the 11th of February? Okay, we got the right one. Man, I was thinking, I'm going to be batting a thousand, man. Every one is wrong. We are in Psalms 2 this morning. I know that one's right, I hope. Okay, so we're going to sing you happy birthday. Anybody else have a birthday coming up this week? That you may not remember. <laughs> it's great to see you, Jewel. 
I was worried you weren't going to be here and I have to, you know, find you and sing to you. So here we go. We're all going to sing to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Avery's going, are you singing to me again? <laughs> All right. Well, we got a couple of words of encouragement here. And Jake, if you would help me to run these out real quick, that'd be great. Brian, so great to have you back out here. So grateful for you and your hard work and, and great example. Uh, your lessons are always so encouraging and meaningful. Thanks for you do. Thanks for all you do and the sacrifices you make. And you know what? I don't get choked up much. This sounds terrible. I don't get choked up too much about most things. But then you come along and preach the, what was it? What was the three words? But if not. But if not. I guess I get all choked up. And if you want to know what that's about, listen to his lesson. But if not. So I, uh, the words that uh, really move me are just one more, Lord. Just one more. That's why you need to watch... Uh, uh, what was the movie? Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge. That'll, that'll get you choked up. The entire church body at Pleasant Hill. I'm so grateful for such an engaged church family who encourage one another day by day, not just on Sundays. There's such a sincere and genuine love and everyone is eager to, to help those in need. I am so grateful to have been welcomed in four years ago and, and, and introduced to the true agape love. So I'm getting choked up now. Who wrote this? This isn't even one of those. It's, <clears throat> Introduced to the true agape love and the faith of Christ. I thank God for blessing me with exactly the examples I need to stay the course and run the race with perseverance. Do you want to know something? I've been out here 30 years and I could have written this one because that's how I feel. This family has grown, and I so appreciate it, just the investment. So there you go. Go give that to everybody, all right? That'd be great. Go do it. Uh, okay, I think we're ready. Are we ready? I think we're ready. We are in Psalms 2. Psalms 2. Let me open it up and make sure we're in Psalms 2. Uh, that's what's on the notes right here, so... I felt so excited about that calendar. It looks so beautiful. It's all color coordinated. I mean, I mean, I was like, wow, this is so good. Oh, okay, Psalms 2. Moving on to the scripture. Why are the nations in an uproar and the peoples devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. Boy, it sounds like an ornery crowd. Man. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury, saying, But as for me, I've installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. Reading on. We hear Jesus say, I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He, my father, said to me, 
You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance and the very ends of the earth as your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. Now therefore, O king, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the son that he not become angry and you perish in the way for his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. Let's pray. Holy God in heaven, I pray that as I share the message this morning and bring some words to light and, and get a, a kind of a practical picture framework for what this is all about, I would ask, Father, that you would help me to communicate clearly. This is a super important message to start our discussion, our study, our recognition of, of the fear uh, of you, O Lord. And I pray that we would understand it correctly. I pray this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Some of you know when I was a child growing up that my father, having gone through the Korean War, there was no such thing as PTSD, but my father had it. He was very angry, an ang angry man. In fact, he was less angry than he was after he got back from the war, but because my mom kind of took the edge off, but he was still an angry man. And so uh, when he would spank us, it was usually more than a spanking. Uh, I'm sure in today's culture, he might have been put in jail. That being said, I know that my dad loved me as best as he knew how because of his upbringing, but because of his being uh, neglected and then forsaken by his father, his mother at 14, the military at uh, 18 and 19 when they send him out to be slaughtered and most of his company, uh, two-thirds of his company was. I mean, he was an angry man and I was his namesake. And I don't know why I got what seemed like the lion's share of the, the spankings, but maybe it was because I was that kind of kid. <laughs> that, that made me fearful of my dad. Now here, God is, and the scriptures talk about fearing God. So guess what I tend to go to? Well, if God's my father, and that's how my dad was, then then I had a really messed up mind about what the fear of God was. And I was like, yo, it's all about the love of God. And really, honestly, the fear of God is produced by a love for God. We're going to see that during the course of the year. And then, of course, you know that I grew up in a, a church that was all about the law, the Ten Commandments, and and if you couldn't memorize the Ten Commandments, you were worthy of a smackdown, which unfortunately I, in that, that school that I went to, that was again a smackdown pretty often. Uh, and then I got punched by the, the main preacher there because uh, I didn't know how to fold my hands right. So, man, I'm telling you what, I'm talking about the fear of God. I don't know if I want to do this study. <laughs> and if you're feeling that way, I, I understand I mean, I could pull a lot of scriptures out that would scare the heebie-jeebies out of you. Don't look at Psalms 119, verse 120. 
Don't do it. Don't. I said, that's for a later study, okay? We'll get to that one. But don't turn there right now. Because if you turn there right now, you won't hear anything else I have to say. Because you'll be freaking out. Ah! You will. I know. You're saying, why'd you say it? Well, I wanted to let you know that, you know, for the person who's evil intentionally, for the person who says, I don't need God, well, there's going to be a problem in their life. I mean, God has a standard. My dad had a standard. Did I have a standard for you guys growing up? I mean, I never took a belt to you, did I? Ever. I never hit you. Never hit you with my hand, did I? Okay, there's always the Board of Education. So God says, there needs to be a little board or rod of education. Little, mind you. Not a big old, you know, half inch. But see, I learned from God how it's supposed to be. I never threw my kids into doors or into walls. I didn't do that. That's messed up, man. But that's my vision of a father angry and correcting. So I don't want you to have that mindset because the vast majority, and I want you to check me out on this, today's scripture, the word fear today is the word fear that's used most predominantly for God our Father. So I want you to understand the vast majority of the scriptures talking about the fear of God is using this actual word. And I want you to understand it. Because when I started to study this thing, it was like freedom. It's freedom. I want to please my dad. That's what this word fear is talking about. You're going to see it. But we need to read it in context. You know, our culture's crazy upside down right now. Look at the first two verses, the first three verses. I mean, whoever wrote Psalms 2, verse 1, 2, and 3 must have been reading the paper last night. I'm serious. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So that's all I'm going to say really about point number one. Bad news for rebellious, the conspiracies of carnal leaders. You can see that they're scheming. By the way, if you really want to see another picture where they actually use the word conspiracy, the conspiracies of men, you're not supposed to say that word because then you're, God uses that in regards to the craziness in the world. I want you to read on your own Psalms 83, know their shrewd conspired plans. God knows their plans, right? It's not like surprise. He knows it all and he knows how to, for the church of God to rise up. A call to deal with them, that's the prayer of the righteous man. And then really the, the final appeal is, please have them repent. And if they don't repent, please remove them. You're saying, wow, that's pretty rough. Well, I want everyone to come to a saving knowledge of the Lord. I want everybody to repent. But if they die in their sin, I don't have any more help there. And God will deal with them. But look at point number two. What's the Lord's response about all this craziness in the world? He who sits in the heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He says, what are you doing? You don't have a clue of who I am. And you're doing all this nonsense and you don't even have a clue what's coming. 
God, by the way, doesn't want anybody to perish. He wants them to come to repentance. But he says there's going to come a day when it's done. Now let me share with you, and I don't know if you've looked this up yet or not, but when Jesus was a human being in the flesh, he never condemned anyone. He didn't judge. He discerned. He discerned where there were spiritual needs. And when he got angry and he spoke and he disciplined, if you'll take the time to look, that wasn't a judgment, that was a discernment that these people need to hear this information. And they're hard-hearted. Have you ever noticed that Jesus never lost his temper with the prostitutes? He never lost his temper with the, the crooked businessman. He never lost his temper. But you know who he lost his temper with? Who? The holier-than-thou crew. Have you noticed that? But even then, he did not condemn them. In fact, consistently we see him giving them a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance. But he would get in their face. So we need to recognize and understand our Heavenly Father's response at this craziness is he's laughing. You think that you can really determine and change what I have planned? When I speak, you'll be terrified. And he's not talking to you and me, Christian. He's talking to those who are planning the demise of the church. If you go back to Psalms chapter 83, it actually says their plan is to destroy Christ and his church. That's what it says in Psalms 83. You check me out. Of course God's laughing. Are you kidding me? You can't destroy an indestructible army. That's who we are. He will laugh, he will scoff, he will speak, and they'll ter be terrified. And then look at this last statement in verse 6. But as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. Did you know the holy mountain of God is the church? Did you know Zion in prophecy is the church? And Jesus now is king, and we are his subjects. You know, when God said that, the devil trembled. The devil is working frenzy to captivate every heart and every soul of every man and woman in every nation right now. If you haven't noticed, that's really ramping up. God wants us to know that Jesus is on the throne and if you're a Christian, you're a part of his indestructible army. And we don't fight with bullets and guns. We fight with love and we fight with gentleness and we fight with kindness and we fight with patience and we fight with compassion and we fight with humility. And as was shared this morning by Brian, it draws people to us because how many people will just use you and throw you on a heat pile in the world? A lot of them. But how many are really going to take the time when you're struggling to have the compassion for your struggle? You know who that's going to be, don't you? It's going to be someone who is like Jesus Christ because he came to save each individual lost sheep. You were one of them once, and so was I. But now we have the great work of doing that. So King Jesus has commissioned us to go forth and conquer by destroying the devil and liberating human beings. 
You're not going to scare people into do that kind of work. You can't do it. But people have the mindset that God is waiting to crush us if we make a mistake. You know, if we make a mistake, he wants us to come back to him. And just as the Bible says, he will kiss us, he'll hug us, he'll, he'll cleanse us, he'll empower us and send us out again. That's what the Bible actually says. So I want you to look at the back page, point number three. He says here in verse eight, he says, or verse seven uh, and eight, he says, I will surely tell the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. You know, he raised Jesus up so that he could be that king. But now we are kings. Now we are judges. You're saying, oh, we're not supposed to judge. You know we're going to judge angels? How many know that's true? How many know we're supposed to discern the heart of each human being? Jeff Drillinger says this. We, well, he quotes the Bible. He should say, Jesus told Jeff to say this. Okay? I love it. He says, we recognize no man according to the flesh. Though we knew Christ in that way, we know him thus no longer. What does it mean we judge no man according to the flesh? So I'm bald, so I'm thick, so I'm old, so I'm forgetful. You could judge me that way. Man, that guy is bald and thick in the head. He's forgetful. Man, that guy really needs a... You could... And you'd be right, you know, what you see is what you got. But the reality is that's not what you should see. If you have spiritual eyes, what should you see? If you see someone, you should see someone struggling and the devil has his clutches in them if they're not a Christian yet. That's what you should see. They're being held captive by the devil. What should we do? What would you do if someone grabbed your kid? Your son or your daughter. I was going to take him away. What would you do? Oh, well, there goes another one. Of course you wouldn't do that. What would you do? I hope it's not TJ's, man. Okay, how many pieces can I break this guy into? Right? Right? Yeah, man, I'm not messing with your kids. I love your kids. I love you too, by the way. Just saying. But the reality is, is when we take a look at this, that we're kings and we're judges, we need to discern, and we are going forth as royal priests to destroy the dominion of the devil. We do that because God loves us and we love God. Now listen to the next verse. Look at verse uh, 10. Now therefore, O kings, show discernment, take warning, O judges of the earth, worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Worship the Lord with reverence. Well, take a look really quickly. That word worship is awesome. It's, it's, we already are in subjection to his authority. It's that we are serving him with devotion. That word worship shouldn't have been translated worship. It should have been serving with him with devotion. Now, when you're a soldier, you can serve out of duty. Yes, sir. I don't want to do it but I'll go do it. I'm only going to do so much, but I'll do it. See, notice you do the minimum if it's duty, 
But what about devotion? Tell me about devotion. If you're committed to a leader in devotion, what are you going to do? You're going to go lay your life down. That's what, that's what he's saying there. Jesus laid his life down for you, called to be serving him with a heart of devotion. But then it says, worship the Lord, serve the Lord with reverence. Okay, here's where we want to ramp it up. I gave you a lot of room there, a lot of room. So I'm going to take my, whenever I take a lesson out of here, you know it's serious. Okay, here we go. The word reverence there oftentimes has been translated holy fear, holy fear. That's not scared fear. Holy fear is something completely different. Reverence is a, a filial, I think that's how I say it, filial, which means child-parent relationship. It's a fear of dad, but not as you would think like I experienced. Here's what this fear is. An awe-filled reverence for his divine nature and power. Let me say that once again, because this is critical. An awe-filled reverence of his divine nature and power. Now, was I in awe of my dad? Yeah, I was in awe of my dad, but it didn't have anything to do with love, didn't have anything to do with devotion, it had any, everything to do with terror. But this is different. This is like, my God sent his son to destroy the devil in my life. He gave his son for me, and I am so undeserving. I've asked this before, and I remember TJ was just here one too many years and and you had a uh, your son came and I asked you the question remember that years ago do you do you love your son and you go yeah I said how much do you love I love my son I said okay so here's a criminal on death row would you love that criminal so much that you would let your son take the capital punishment for that criminal? And what was your answer? I know you were kind of going, oh no, the preacher's asking me a question. I don't know the answer. But you had the answer, didn't you? What was it? No, no I would not sacrifice my son. And you know what my answer was? It's a good answer because I wouldn't either. <laughs> you want to know how big God is? How big God's love is? He did that. He did that. And Jesus voluntarily did that. I'm in awe of that love that I don't yet possess. If that doesn't get under your skin, you, you, you don't, I don't mean to be me when I say this, but you don't get it. I would not sacrifice my son, no matter how much I love somebody else. But that's what God did for you. And for me, if that doesn't cause you to go, whoa, uh, uh, that is so, that's way beyond. I, I, if you're not like that, you haven't figured out yet the greatness of the love of God and the sacrifice he made. That's why it's an awe-filled reverence. I'm going to bring some lessons on the beginning. The, the beginning of wisdom and the beginning of knowledge is the fear of God. 
That's a huge one too. But notice it go, we go on, it says, proceeding from that awe is an understanding of his perfect holiness, which we're called to. It's like, how do I do that? He's calling me to that. He's given me what I need to be that. I'm still in awe. Notice not fear like hunker my bunker. I'm just like, you did that for me and you've called me to that life. You have confidence in me that I've never had before. You picked me for this generation. You empowered me with these talents for this generation with this people. Knowing that this craziness is going on. You believe in me that much? That's, I'm in awe. See, when we start wrapping our mind about what the scripture's speaking here, it's not a fear hunker in your bunker. It's a, I am overwhelmed. I'm so undeserving. I know I've heard preachers say, you shouldn't say that. Look, the only reason I'm worthy is because of what he did. Not what I am doing. Not what I will do, although I've been called to live a holy and blameless life life like him. See, brethren, I know we're just getting started, but I want to emphasize this is the fear that's going to motivate us to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think through his power that works in us. If you're cowering in fear that you're going to make a mistake, you won't excel. How many of you know that? How many know that? When you get beat down and beat down and beat down, you don't want to, I don't want to make a mistake. But when you go, I have created you for greatness so you can walk just like my son did. I can't believe that, but I believe it. Help me with my unbelief, Lord. I'm not done with the definition yet. This will produce a desire to serve and to please him. That's what the fear of God is. Where's the terror in that? There is no terror in that. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love of God. God's perfect love for me, for you, casts out the fear. Man, I want to be the very best. Now, do I get on my, how many of you get on yourself in your head? Man, I just, how many do that? Come on, help me out. I don't want to be the only one in this room. Thank you. I know you do too. You didn't raise your hand. You say, don't call me out like that. (laughs) It's true, we do that. It's because we don't fully understand yet who God has made us. And that we start beating ourselves up. He's not beating you up. He's waiting for you to come home and say, I, I, I messed up again. I know. I love you. I'm so glad you came back home. Here, let me clean you up and send you out again. That's who God is. The fear we're talking about is not terror. The fear we're talking about is a reverential awe of wanting to be my very best for the most high. Because of who he is and what he's doing in me. My prayer is by the end of this year, you'll realize that the fear of God, if you're you're striving, the fear of God is not terror. 
you know what? I know that I can be perfect behaviorally. I know I can do it. I can give a 24-hour day. I can do it perfectly. I know I can. I'm still working through some of those things that are the, the things that are keeping me from being that way. I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. Because I know what he's calling me to. The intentional homage to the son. You know what the word homage there means? It means to kiss. Check it out. I'm not kidding you. To kiss. Now, I'm not going to get gushy on you, but you know husband and wives do that? I don't know if you knew that or not, just saying. Husband and wives do that. We're the bride of Christ, right? You say, well, that's, that's warping my brain, man. It's called an intimacy with the Savior, the Lord, your King. That's what this is talking about. So notice it says, rejoice with trembling, do homage to the Son, that he not become angry, and you perish in the way, for he for his wrath may soon be kindled. Oh, there it is. That's where the terror comes in. You know what? If you're loving on your husband, there is no fear there. Remember, his love is perfect, right? And if your love is reciprocal, no fear. No fear. And notice the very last part. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. Brethren, I have to share with you that if you begin to grab on to this fear of the Lord as a, as a holy fear, a reverential devotion to him because of who he is and what he's done for you and what he's still doing in you and growing you into this great, magnificent new creation, then the blessings are going to come pouring out. Here's what it says. How blessed is all who take refuge in him. The word refuge there means to flee for protection in confidence, trusting the one that you know that is able to keep you until that day of salvation. Flee for protection to trust and have complete confidence in the one who is able to deliver you home. Brethren, I pray that as we work through Psalms 5 next week. Psalms 5 is another beautiful picture. I want to keep painting pictures for you. And God has been a great illustrator. So we paint the pictures. I pray that whatever mindset you've had about fearing a father, fearing a husband, fearing God, would be set right would be set right. And so you'll be completely devoted in serving him. You know, when the whole church gets to that point, can you imagine what great orchestration and harmony there is in helping other people become Christians? That's what this is all about. I don't know if this is the end of time. I don't really know that. My, my son this, this morning, I love my, all three of my sons, but my son this morning says, Dad, you really don't know the day or the hour. And I'm thinking... Man, you're right, I don't. I probably even don't know the time. It could be that we have another th several thousand years. But I don't think so. I might be wrong. I have been wrong many times already this morning. 
<laughs> but it's better to be prepared and growing and serving the Lord in this generation and bringing more people in this generation, amen? Only by the true fear of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, how thankful we are How thankful I am to learn this. It, it gives me freedom from the trauma of my past. It helps me to understand the great calling that you have granted not only to me, but to all who are your children. Father, even though the world is going crazy, as verses 1, 2, and 3 says, we know that your son Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords, and he is and will continue to be our intercessor when we fall short, the one who empowers us through his Holy Spirit, through your word, so that we, dear Heavenly Father, can serve you with a heart filled with devotion, reverential fear as a son who desires, as a daughter who desires to please her father in every way. We ask you to help us to come to this understanding and embrace it and make it our own. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, let's get standing here and let's, let's get all excited. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com Have a blessed week.